For the last bit here, we've been working through this series, uh, Sermon on the Mount, trying to figure out how Jesus called us to follow him so that we can follow him and grow as disciples. Uh, Over the last while, we've been working through especially chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus, a lot of his teaching is sent around this this phrase where he says, you've heard it said, but I say to you. And uh, this morning, we're going to move on to the next section of the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus starts talking about how do we practice this righteousness that he's calling us to. Kind of think about it, the first part of chapter 5 was a lot of, uh, you've heard it said, but I say to you, kind of commands on what to do. This next section is the practice, the spiritual practices on how we actually do it. Rather than just pulling ourselves up by the bootstraps or diving into legalism, Jesus is encouraging us to practice righteousness as a way to become more like him and as a way to become closer to him. So this morning we're going to begin with where Jesus begins. He begins with generosity, about practicing generosity and how we do that. Now, I need to be honest here. I need help in this area. Tracy, probably going to smile as I start talking about this. Um, you know, I'm, I try to be generous, but it's, it's something I have to work at in myself. I think I'm actually naturally a bit stingy. Um, Tracy might say, I would say prudent, conservative financially. Tracy would say stingy, maybe a little cheap sometimes. Um, I try not to be, but we've talked about this a lot, so that I'm a, I'm a maximizer. Uh, we have that, that term in our family. Tracy went to a, a conference a couple years ago, and, and she said, you know, Jason, you're a maximizer. We were talking, she said, we were learning about this and how, um, like me, I, I want to make the best decision. I want to maximize every decision. And so, you know, like if it's coming down to decide between like two different things, you know, I need to buy something to replace something or whatever. And like, there'll be two good choices. Me, I will research and agonize over which one's the best choice, the, the best features, everything exactly what I need at the cheapest price. Uh, and Tracy, she'll look at it and say, you know what? Both good options. Option A, done. Like, that's just, that's just how she works. And she gets a lot more done that way. But me, I agonize over it. And so I'm always trying to maximize, trying to stretch my every dollar as far as it will go. I hate to waste. I mean, I think I'm probably messing up my kids a bit with this. Like, at dinner time, I'll, they'll say, like, Dad, I'm finished. And I'll take their fork and I'll, like, like, actually, you've got one more bite there, buddy. Like, don't just throw that in the garbage. Eat it rather than throwing it away. Um, so you can see, like, the depth. You're getting a glimpse into the depths of my issues here. Um, this approach to life is good, uh, for us. It works out in some ways in that, like, you know, like all of our bills are paid, you know, like the only debt we have is our, is our home, our mortgage, you know, no credit card debts, you know, we're actually able to save, we're able to give money away. But that's not to say that I don't need to work on being generous. Um, and I've been talking some about, you know, like how Tracy kind of does it, you know, she's, um, like I was thinking about it just that, this last week, like she, we were at um, a shop uh, on our way home one day and we we're just walking around and looking at it and stuff. And she saw this little necklace and it made her think of a friend. And I think it was $20. And she just like, oh, I'm going to get this for my friend. She's going to love it just to let her know I'm thinking of her. And, you know, I, I have to work. Like that would have never really occurred to me. And yet I want to be more like that. I want to be more generous and to practice generosity. Um, I still feel like I have a long way to go to be naturally more generous. Um, so I've been studying this week about Jesus talking about how we practice our righteousness and how we practice our generosity, um, about how we become, how we practice generosity to become more like Jesus, but also to grow closer to Jesus. 
Because when we are generous with others, when we're giving to others, God, I think he delights in it. And so I began asking, like, how do I do this? How do I practice become more generous? Maybe some of you, as I've been talking already, you're starting to ask yourself the same question. Maybe you can relate to some of what I'm saying about being, uh, let's call it prudent, conservative with our finances. Um, maybe some of you, you've been following Jesus for a long time and generosity is still something that you're working at. Maybe some of you are here this morning and you still, you still have more questions about Jesus. You're not actually sure what you believe about him and yet this idea of generosity rings true and you want to know more about it. We want to know about how might practicing generosity make us more like him? How might practicing generosity grow us closer to him? How do we do it, right? What effect will it have not only in our lives, but in the lives of people around us? And how will we grow through it? These are all key questions that I hope that you guys are starting to ask. Um, so if you would, let's see uh, what scripture has, because I believe that the word of God speaks specifically to these sort of life issues. And so if you want to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, or if it's, uh, uh, it's also here in the sermon guide for you on the inside, if you want to open it up to that, let's take a look and see what Jesus is going to teach us this morning. All right. So Jesus is already, like this is midway through the Sermon on the Mount. He's talked about what righteousness, calling uh, his disciples to a new level of righteousness. Uh, and then he gets into this next phrase here and he says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. This is like the beginning statement, an overarching statement for the next bit of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And let me just get this out of the way, that Jesus is not calling us to a new type of legalism here. And what I mean by this is um, to take this command too literally in the sense of um, not letting anybody see what we do would be to take it out of context and it would be to, to miss it. So uh, the thing is, like, we often, like, if we were to take this as trying to make sure that nobody saw our righteousness, it actually goes against some parts of scripture. Like for example, um, earlier in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he says this, he says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, now listen to this, in the same way, let your light shine before other people that they may see your good deeds, that they may actually see them and praise your father in heaven. So here, like earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is saying, go ahead and let people see your righteousness, the good things that you do so that they praise God. So how do we put that together with this passage where Jesus is saying, do these great things, practice your righteousness, not so that, but not so that you'll be seen by others. How do we put the hold, how do we hold the, the, the two together? So um, I've already shared and like, not only that, but like, you know, I've already talked some about, you know, my life and how we handle money. Like, have I undone some of my generosity, the places where we give? Um, and yet there are times for people to see how we handle generosity. I can think of some of you, some of you, how you've modeled generosity for me um, and how it encourages me to be more generous. Ways that some of you have, that some of you have shared with me. I think about my sons for how important it is for them to see me, uh, being generous with other people, giving to others. Or even people that we're discipling. People that maybe some of you, maybe it's your kids or maybe it's someone else that you're meeting with in the church. 
that they would know how you do it. Not only for their sake, like, like practically speaking, how they might, but also so that they understand the kind of person you are and how you got to be that way. So Jesus here, he's not after our secrecy so much as our motives. The point here is he says is to be seen by them. Jesus is saying, be careful not to practice your righteousness so that you're seen by others. Now, this is interesting because uh, to be seen by them is actually just one Greek word. Uh, it's theathenai. All right, you don't need to worry too much about the Greek there, but this Greek word, this is the same word from which we get theater or theatrical. So he's saying, don't turn your practice in, gener- into, in generosity into a show, into theater, in a way to get applause from people. Because people might be applauding you, but your Father in heaven, the one who really matters, is not impressed. Listen to Eugene Peterson's version from the message. He says, be especially careful when you are trying to be good so that you don't make a performance out of it. It might be good theater, but God, but the God who made you won't be applauding. The problem with seeking approval from people is that we just might get it. Which when you think of it, it's really not that great. At best, you might be getting people who say, you know, good job, you're such a generous person. You know, like, they don't really mean it, they're just passing comment. Or worse, that somebody maybe begins respecting you and thinking of you under false pretenses. Like, if you're giving money to people or trying to be generous so other people pat you on the back, and then people start actually doing it, that goes bad quickly. Because sometimes, or oftentimes, people will find out or they will realize, oh, that this person is doing this just to make me think that they're generous. This person is actually doing it for themselves. They're not actually giving to help others or for, for the sake of Jesus. They're just giving it because they like people to tell them how, how wonderful they are. When people see through that, when people see through false generosity, <laughs> they start looking at us with uh, less with admiration and more with disgust or content. So we need to be careful that we aren't seeking other people's approval. Not only that, but Jesus goes on, he says, if you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So if you're doing things for people's reward, for people's applause, then that's all you get. You miss out on God's delight in you. You miss out on God's reward for you. What you think of it is far more important than anything that we could receive from another person. So this is the beginning statement for the next few parts of the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus is saying, when you practice righteousness, Do it sincerely. Do it humbly, not so that other people will see you. Okay, now Jesus gets into the specific this morning. He says this, So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets to be honored by others. He says, when you do it, don't give it like the religious hypocrites. Now, hypocrite here, based on what Jesus is saying, is probably, he's probably referring to the Pharisees which were like in everybody's mind of that day, these were like the really religious people. These were like the holy rollers of Jesus' day. And Jesus is saying, don't give like them. Where they announce it to everybody. Maybe they literally announce it, or maybe they just give really loudly so that people around them notice. Make sure you don't do it so that they notice you. I was thinking about maybe like a modern definition might be people who want to impress us by looking religious. Don't give like they do. But here's also an interesting part here. This word hypocrite, in our context, it usually means people who say one thing and do another, right? But actually, it's also the Greek word for like actor. 
like an actor in the theater. So Jesus is carrying on this theatrical theme here. He's saying, don't act like somebody you're not. He's saying, this is not a play. (laughs) You're not doing righteousness here to earn people's false honor or their false appreciation. Saying, don't, when you give to the people, when you give uh, money to the poor, you give help to the poor, don't do it like an actor in a play. And that's the thing I wanted to talk just briefly about here. There's a difference between giving money to the poor and practicing generosity. Because you can give money to the poor for all sorts of wrong motives. I mean, I was thinking about it this week. You could give to the poor out of guilt. I feel guilty. It has nothing to do with the person and their situation. It's all about you and the guilt that you feel. And so you give out of guilt. That's not a, that's not a great motive. The other thing, maybe it's praise. Maybe you want to give to the poor because people praise you when you do, oh, you're such a wonderful person. You give so much to the poor. When really, you could do that. You could be giving to the poor and not even care about them. You just want people to praise you, to think that you are really generous. Or sometimes people might even give to other people with the idea of being reciprocated back. You know, I'm going to give to this person because they need help right now because there's going to come a time when I want something back from them. This, again, is the wrong kind of motive. So there's all different ways that you could give to the poor. That's, differently, that's different than practicing generosity. Practicing generosity is giving to other people for their sake. That helps us become more like Jesus. That helps us move closer to Jesus. Do you see the difference I'm making here between giving to the poor, which has all sorts of different motives, and practicing generosity? Practicing generosity is for the sake of others. All right? Okay. So when you practice your generous living, don't announce it. Jesus is saying here, don't announce it. Don't blow the trumpets. I mean, I think that's probably pretty easy. Most of us are not going to have to be tempted to blow trumpets when we give uh, generously to the poor. But I think also, too, in our, in our society, we would also need to say, you know, don't, uh, don't mistakenly drop hints that you're helping somebody. <laughs> or don't say it sort of in passing. That oh yeah I'm just I'm I'm giving so and so a few hundred dollars each month to help out with their with their bills, you know like because there are ways that you can do that in our culture we're way more subtle I think and where we start saying things like oops I let that slip when really we meant to let it slip all along. Jesus' point here is is motive, and so his point here is it's about being honored by others. Jesus wants us to give so that God would receive glory so that we would receive our reward from him, not from anyone else around us. All right. And then he says this. He says, truly I tell you uh, that they have received their reward in full. So these religious holy rollers, this, these Pharisees of Jesus' day, the religious people who wanted to look righteous but weren't really trying to be righteous, they've actually received their reward in full. That's all they get is the false praise of people around them. And like we said, it's at best misguided honor. Maybe somebody mistakes you and thinks that you're actually honorable when you're not, when really you're just trying to, to manipulate them. Or at worst, they see through it. They see through your false motives and they start to think you're actually pretty disgusting and it's pretty, uh, pretty uh, ugly. And then not only that, but there's this pressure then to keep up appearances, right? You have to think, oh, well, so-and-so thinks I'm generous, so I better keep acting generous in front of them. It's way easier to just genuinely practice generosity, to become generous people than it is to try and look generous in front of people and trying to impress them. 
Here's how Eugene Peterson puts it again. He says, when you do something for someone else, don't call attention to yourself. You've seen them in action, I'm sure, the play actors, the hypocrites, I call them, treating prayer meeting and street corner like a stage, acting compassionate as long as somebody's watching, playing to the crowds. They get applause, true, but that's all they get. Then Jesus, now Jesus moves on to the next part, and he brings it all together for us on how we should give. So at first he lines out how we shouldn't give, and now he says this. This is how we should give. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Okay, let me just pause here and just on the word secret, okay? Uh, if you take this too literally, this is going to lead you the wrong direction like we already talked about. It's easy to get off track. Again, Jesus is using uh, an Aramaic um, overstatement. In Jesus' day, this was one of the ways that you taught people was by overstating it. Um, so like, think about this. How would you ever keep your right hand, how would you ever keep your left hand from not knowing what your right hand was doing? Like our, 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 our hands don't have brains. They don't, you know, wonder, like my left hand has never asked me, what's my right hand doing? I haven't seen him in a while. You know, is he still okay? What's he been doing? Is he behind your back? You know, like it's laughable, right? So this is not a literal thing where Jesus is saying, keep your left hand and your right hand, uh, like what they're doing secret from each other. Not only that, but this idea of secret kind of uh, goes contrary to even what he was saying earlier when he says, let your light shine before people that they might see your good deeds and praise God, right? So we have to hold all of this together. This was a teaching tool of Jesus' day, and literally this is impossible for us to do. So we have to understand what Jesus is saying, but also what Jesus means, all right? So Jesus' point here, though, I think it is pretty clear to most of us that he's saying help people with sincerity and humility, all right? So by sincerity, I mean seeking to truly help other people, seeking to help them for their sake, not our own motives underneath of people applauding us or are thinking we're really better than we, than we are, but for sincerity, to help others. The other is for humility, that we, pe- we help people not so that we get glory, so that God does. So if somebody does realize that we are helping somebody, that they realize it's because we follow Jesus and because we want to be more like him that we're doing it. Not that they think, oh, wow, you're such a wonderful person and, and we just soak it all in and say, yeah, you know, you're probably right. I am actually probably as good as you say I am. <laughs> no, that we become humble and keep giving glory to God. All right. So Jesus' main point here is motive giving for the sake of others, to bless others, and to make Jesus famous, and to become more humble, to move closer to Jesus and become more like him. And he says this, he says, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And I started thinking about this, about one, all the unexpected ways God rewards us when we are generous with others, ways that I can't even think about. But then I also started to think, I wanted to give you guys some ideas of how God might reward us both now, like in our lives immediately, but also in the future. One of them is when we are generous with others, there's that moment if we realize it, like, oh, God delights in this. And that feels pretty good. So that's one reward. Another is that you feel good about faithfully following his teaching. Like, hey, I was generous with this person. I'm like, you know, like, I'm actually doing what Jesus asked me to do. I'm like, I'm, I'm getting it. 
You know, and maybe you like do that once and then you fail three times and then you do it once and you fail three times, but still you're practicing it. So it feels pretty good. That's a reward to know that we are doing, actually doing what Jesus called us to do. Not only that, but then you might also realize that as I'm doing this more and more, I'm actually becoming, I'm growing as a disciple. Like I'm seeing my attitude change. This is something I'm praying for myself, like even the last few weeks, even before I got to this passage, like, God, I want to be more generous with people, more generous with my time, more generous with my resources and stuff. And so I'm looking forward to that moment. I realize I'm actually doing better at this. That's a reward. There's also this, this joy that comes with helping somebody. You know, even if they take the money and they just walk off, you know, like, well, it's still good to help. But it gets even better is if you help somebody and they are grateful. It gets even better, there's even joy if you help somebody and they're grateful and then things turn around for them. That feels pretty amazing. Not only that, or if you help somebody, they're grateful, things turn around and then they begin following Jesus or they actually, at very least, they think like, man, you know, maybe all the things, all the stereotypes I believed about Christians, maybe they're wrong. Maybe they aren't just mean, ugly people. Maybe they're kind and generous. There's good things that happen immediately when we are generous with others. So that's the immediate stuff. But think about the future stuff as well. Maybe someday, uh, we, as we are uh, being generous with others, like someday like we realize that God is actually helping us now because we have a legacy of generosity with others, that God is generous with us. Or maybe sometimes you hear about how generosity later, years later, how your generosity actually helped someone. And maybe they didn't, they didn't, you didn't know about it. And then years later, you find out how actually generosity in that moment or over that period of time helped that person and changed their lives. Like that's extremely rewarding. Or maybe you look back over your life. Like this is one that I'm, that's been moving for me is wanting to look back over my life and say, you know, I have a legacy of generosity. I don't know that I can say that yet, but that's something that I would love to be able to look back and say, that I have this legacy of being generous with people. And that's going to feel pretty amazing. Ultimately, this is the one that's um, maybe a little bit hard to understand or even to comprehend is that one day we will stand before Jesus and he's going to say, hopefully for us, well done, good and faithful servant. You were generous. I put you in charge of this, and you were great with it. You stewarded it well. You were generous with people. You did just what I wanted you to do. Or probably more like in my case, you know, you didn't always get it right, but you grew and you became more generous. Well done. This is; These are all good things. So there's not only this immediate reward that comes from it, there's also this long-term reward of growing and becoming more like him. All right. So the whole point of this is that we become more like Jesus, that through generosity we become more like him and also that we grow closer to him. Generosity helps us um, help others um, become more like Jesus. It's giving to others grows God-inspired generosity in us. It trains us to grow our good influence um, over growing our savings account. You know, I think that's something as I look back, you know, uh, it's great to be able to afford the things that I need to afford I appreciate that. It makes life way less stressful. But also there comes a point where I start thinking, you know, more money isn't going to actually make me any happier. But being able to look back at the people that I've been generous with and to know that I've been a blessing to them, 
Like that begins, that's starting to seem more appealing to me, more appealing to us. Generously helping others, discreetly, like kind of under, like without making a big deal about it, especially so that, especially not so that people will make a big deal of us. One helps us kill our egotism. You know, giving for our glory, like that's, there's all things go wrong with that. Not only that, but it helps us kill our insecurities. You know, if egotism is wanting people to think we're really great, sometimes we give out of insecurity because we just want people to think that we're like good enough. Both of those are about us. Not only that, but generosity, it helps us, it cultivates uh, faithfulness in us. It cultivates humility in us. We're able to be generous with others. And it, convo- it, it cultivates genuine devotion to God, the trust in him. You know, I can give away and, and trust God that he's going to provide what I need. I think that's probably one of my hurdles is I look at life and I think, oh, like I need extra just in case. And you start trusting God and you're like, no, I've got enough extra. I should help people. I should be a blessing to others. All right. And then most importantly, it helps us grow closer to Jesus. It trains us to detach from our stuff, from our money, that um, no longer is that the stuff that we hold on to for our value or for our comfort. Um, it teaches us to trust God. It teaches, him, teaches us to trust him to supply everything that we need. Not only that, but um, greedy people always have this obstacle. Whether they realize it or not, they have this obstacle between them and God. Greed is sin. And when we are greedy, it puts, a, it puts something between us and God. And if we can continue to work on that, where greed becomes less and less a part of our life, then our relationship with God begins to open up and it doesn't stick between us. And we can relate to Jesus in ways we can grow closer to him. So practicing generosity trains us to be more like Jesus. And I would say more importantly, it helps us grow closer to Jesus. Okay, so this is kind of taking Jesus' teaching about how it's expanding more on how it's beneficial for us, how it helps us grow like uh to become more like him and closer to him. But how do we do it? How do we practice this generosity? Now, there's lots of different ways, and I know some of you have some really creative ways, but here are just some that came to me this week. So um, over the long haul, that we want to work this into our life. You know, it's great to go out and have a moment of like, yeah, I heard a sermon on generosity. I'm going to be generous this week, and then it sort of like dies off again. Our goal is to work generosity into our lives, the way that we live, that we actually, that we move from people trying to be generous to generous people. See what I'm saying? There's a difference between I'm trying to be generous to, yeah, I practice generosity and I look back over time and I've become a generous person. That's our goal, that we become generous people. And I want to also encourage us to don't wait until we feel like we have enough. I can speak from my own experience because you're never going to feel like you have enough. So if you're thinking like, oh, you know what? I can't give right now. I just need to wait till I have enough. It's never going to happen. So I'm encouraging us to be generous now. Instead, I would suggest, like, here's a couple generosity hacks that I have figured out in my life. So one of them is set money aside. This is something that Tracy and I started doing years ago because I realized this was, like, a a problem I had. Uh, So for me, like, each month we just set money aside. Like, we actually have another savings account. um, And it's just, we call it benevolence. And so each month we put money into that. And so when I see somebody who needs help or like, hey, we have a friend who needs help with this, I'm not thinking like, well, it's either that or groceries, which isn't really true, but that's how my mind works. I was like, oh, actually, the money's set aside. Yeah, let's do it. 
let's help them. So that's a suggestion. Set aside money every month uh, to just be helpful to people. And if it sits there, like, and you know, you think, like, oh man, what I'm gonna do is like up to like, you know, kind of a chunk of money now. You know, like, then you have that amazing opportunity when someone says like, hey, I've got this huge expense. I don't know what I'm gonna do. You're like, you know, actually, like you won't believe this, but actually I have exactly that amount of money or nearly that amount of money to help you, bless you. <laughs> so set money aside. The other one, I think this is one I'm working on, I was thinking about this week, is about praying for opportunities. Lord, help me see where there are people who I can help. And then me, my next prayer is, Lord, and help me have the courage to do it. <laughs> Lord, help me see where people need help and I can be a blessing to them. Then this last one is keep choosing generosity. And that's sort of what I was just saying. You know, it's one thing to pray for opportunities. It's one thing to set up money aside. It's that next, that's that final step of, you know what? I'm going to trust you, God, and I'm going to be generous. You just keep choosing it. And there's times you think like, oh, this seems like a stupid idea, and you just do it. (laughs) You just continue to bless people with generosity. This week, I want us to find, to put this into practice, for us to find one way to be generous with somebody this week. You know, and like we're talking in like this text, like Jesus teaching, it's about money. It's about helping people who are poor. But it might be other things as well. Maybe being generous with our time. Maybe it's being generous, like helping somebody with a gift. Like you see something like tracing, like, oh, this reminds me of them. I'm going to be generous and bless them with a gift. Or maybe it's just an encouraging word. You know, that's maybe, that's an area where you need to be encouraged is to be generous with your encouragement to others. And lastly, kind of the, the main one we've been talking about this morning is financial help. You know, I'm going to bless somebody with financial help, somebody who I know needs help. Imagine what it could begin to look like if we did this. You know, people in our church family getting real help. Um, You know, I think about the letter that, that James wrote. You know, it's one thing for Christians to say, you know, I'll pray for you and hope things work out for you. And, you know, I'm praying that you're going to, you know, get your bills paid. Or I'm praying that you're going to have enough money to buy groceries this week. That's different than saying, you know what, hey, I've been praying for you and here, I know that things are tight right now. Here's money for groceries. That's different. Imagine how that begins to shape our church family. Not only that, but think about when we begin to help people in our community. You know, I think already, like, this is something I realize about you, about this church family, is that there have been numerous times when people say, you know what, Uh, we went to all three of the churches and it was Balfour who surprisingly contributed more than anything to like to to camps or to mission trips or to youth events. So I just say this already, like I'm actually already pretty impressed with this church family and how generous we are, how generous you are. Um, but imagine too, as we continue to to share this generosity, to to practice this generosity with people in our community so that people around us Like we practice generosity so much that people around us begin to notice. It's not just like, oh, well, they're nice people, but oh, like they are really nice, like like kind of like weird how generous they are. And I wonder where that comes from. The people in our community begin to see like, oh, Christians, you know, for for whatever it's worth, what they believe, they are one thing you can't take away from them is they are generous people. They are kind and generous. Imagine how that begins to change. Uh, our community around us. But this is the one that I also, I think this is probably more Jesus' um, point he was talking about with this passage was, imagine how it begins to change us. That as we practice generosity, we become more like him. 
as I read the Gospels, man, I see Jesus as one of the most generous people that ever walked this earth. Generous with grace, with healing, and with love for people. And that we become more like him, that we become generous like him. Not only that, but this generosity helps us grow closer to him. Not only we become more like him, which is good for us, but also we become closer to him. Our relationship with him grows. And then it's sort of this feedback loop that the more generous we are, the closer we get to him, the closer we get to him, the more generous we want to be. And God begins to shape who we are and change who we are. And then the next thing you know, we look back over our lives and we see this legacy of generosity. We see a group of people who have been helped and who would probably do anything to help you because you've been generous with them. This morning, Jesus is teaching us how to practice this righteousness, how to actually be the sort of people he wants us to be. And this morning, he begins with practicing generosity to be a blessing to others, that we become more like him and that we move closer to him. So now we have this chance uh, to share in the Lord's Supper. And I'm thinking about as we gather here at this table, that when you look at it right, or when you look at this angle, you begin to realize how generous this table is with us. That God, that it costs him everything to provide this meal for us and everything that it means for us. That when we eat this bread and drink this cup, we remember what Jesus has done for us, his generosity toward us. If you would, Please stand. As we profess what we believe, not only with the global church, but with the historic church, we believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. On the night that he's betrayed, Jesus took bread, actually unleavened bread, like this, and he broke it and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then in the same way after the supper, he took the cup, and after he'd given thanks, he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, remembering me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Church family, these are generous gifts of God for the people of God. I pray that they continue to nourish our faith and remind us how good God is. Please have a seat. Can I have members of the SLT come up, please? We're going to be taking communion again this Sunday by the methods called intinction. Uh, they'll give you a portion of bread uh, and then also then dip it uh, in the cup and receive it that way. Oh. Let me get 
Thanks for that. Some of that. <laughs> As you are ready, please come and receive the Lord's Supper. If you need more, just tell me. Okay. Yeah.